what is amazing when I see, you know, when we go to shows and we do stuff and this, you know, you mentioned family before, you mentioned community. And what I love about, um, you know, going to signings and comic conventions and things, to me, it's like, um, it's my Disney world. It's our Disney world. It is the happiest place on earth. Michelangelo here, you know, the master of the whirling pizzas. And you, my friend, are listening to Turtle Flakes, a bodacious bowl of Ninja Turtles goodness. Brought to you by my radical dudes, Rob and Jock. Cowabunga! Cowabunga, dudes and dudettes, and welcome to a special episode of Turtle Flakes. I am your lowly co-host, Rob, and joining with me today is the one, the only, Kevin Eastman. How's it going, Kevin? It's going fantastic. Thanks, thanks for having me on today. Thanks for spending your uh, your day with me today. This is fantastic. Oh well, thank you for coming on. I'm telling you, it's a Sunday afternoon. It's raining like crazy here, but still a beautiful day because I get to have the co-creator on my podcast. It's crazy. It, it's awesome. You're making me blush. Oh, well, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Well, no. <laughs> no, it's great. We're having a wonderful Sunday here in San Diego. Uh, uh, I just got back from uh, ProCon. I was up there on Friday and Saturday. Um, it was, you know, just a fantastic bunch of people. Um, you know, I, I call our retailers and, and people on the front lines as our frontline troops in the trenches, warriors. And uh, it was great to talk to them about turtles and some other projects they have coming uh, coming up. But it was uh, it was it was a real treat. It's like I was, you know, amongst family. You know, we're all we're all you know very proud geeks, I guess, for <laughs> lack of a better term. But it was it was really nice. Oh, nice. Well, I'll tell you what, you're a busy man. You, I mean, you have to be because, uh, you know, you're going to all these different Comic-Cons and, uh, of course, you're involved, heavily involved in the IDW series. And then um, the, the main reason we want to get you on the show t- uh, today on a Sunday is because you have a few days left of your uh, Kickstarter campaign for your TMNT board game. Um, yep. It's called uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles uh, Shadows of the Past. Could you talk about that a little bit? So uh, for, for those of our listeners that might not have seen this on Kickstarter... Yeah, absolutely. No, what's what's really cool about the uh, the new game is you know on a couple levels is that um, IDW as a company, besides you know the the comic book work that they do, which we're all familiar with between you know Turtles and Star Trek and Transformers and GI Joe and all that stuff. Uh, um, you know, some personal projects I'm doing with them, some creative stuff. But they have an entertainment division. But you know, what is is really exciting to me is this game division that they have. Uh, it's been around for a couple of years and. Um, they're constantly doing uh, new and interesting things, sort of expanding into this world, but making it kind of claiming it their own and redefining it and changing some things. And so, when they uh, secured the license to do a turtles, do the, you know, do the turtles as a as a uh, as a board game, they not only wanted to create something that had never been seen before, but what's cool is that it's actually based on the IDW universe. So it's not like you know specific to the movie, specific to the original Mirage series or the animated, you know, the previous animated series or the current animated series. It was something that's uh characters, gameplay and uh the little figurines which I adore. <laughs> yeah, um, me too. <laughs> uh, all all the gameplay is based on the IDW universe, uh Turtle universe um which you know to me is is even cooler because we we've really been able to kind of carve out our own place in the Turtle universe, the new Turtle universe if you will. It's like um 
you know, the characters, the kind of stories we're telling is the stuff that you can only find in the IDW universe, um, which again is reflective, but separate from some of the other things that are going on. So I feel like we own it, we're doing it. And, uh, with the, with the Kickstarter campaign, it was, you know, the game is going to be released as it's going to release, but with the Kickstarter, we wanted to do something really uber special and thank all the fans that have been, a um, you know, supportive of, of Turtles and the board gaming community. And we put in all these levels of just super cool, uber unique things that you can only find uh, in the in the Kickstarter campaign as part of the Kickstarter campaign. So um, I was personally involved in like so many different levels uh, of it and working with Kevin Wilson, who's the, the main game designer. It was like, you know, uh, it, it was just a creative blast. And I think the fans that uh, have joined Kickstarter and found the game are going to really get a big... Big thrill and big treat out of it. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you guys are killing it, too. I mean, you, you guys have just crushed all these stretch goals so far. And, you know, like you said, the, the figurines look great. Um, just just the uh, the villain cards, just the artwork itself, and, and especially based on the IDW series, I'm totally sold on it. You know, I've, I've uh, backed this project, and it's just it's, it's going to be a dream come true to play this thing. Well, I have to turn that back on you because, you know, we're not killing it. You guys are killing it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you know, it's like we, we put it out there and it's like, you know what, that's what's so cool about, you know, all things turtles and all the things that we do in the turtle universe and the multiple turtle universes. It's like, you know, we can put out the the best idea, the best product, the best thing that we think that, you know, something that we personally love, which is where always our starting point. But if you guys don't love it, you'll let us know. Um, but your support for this game and, uh, again, all things Turtles, but the support for this game has been outstanding. And, and, you know, we couldn't have, it would not have the success that it has without all the fans that are, uh, that, are that are part of it. So, Well, uh, I'd like to introduce my buddy Josh. He's just joined us. And, Josh, you're coming in loud and clear, man. How's it going? Oh, God. I'm so sorry, guys. This is embarrassing. <laughs> yeah, look, hey, you have to remember something. I can barely run my iPhone, so the fact that we're doing a Skype interview on a Sunday <laughs> and all this, so we're <laughs> here, Josh, and uh, this is it's fun. So, uh, uh, oh my God, no, you're you're the man, and I just embarrassed embarrassed myself in front of you over how I had to use like three different laptops <laughs> to get on a call with you two. Hey, th- third time's a charm, man. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> glad glad to have you here, my friend. Glad to hear from you. Well, well, Josh, uh, you want to start it off, my friend? Uh, ask uh, a gnarly question here. Oh man, if I was going to start it, I would have been on time. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> oh. It's all good. So, man. so if you don't mind, um, I'm really interested in uh, the Ninja Turtles film franchise that has just recently started back in uh, 2014. Mm-hmm. I believe it was. A lot of contention from that uh within the community and with the new movie coming out hey you got bebop and rocksteady and baxter stockman uh it seems that a lot of people have listened to fans wanting to have the new movies reflect the old cartoons i was curious if you would ever want to see or if there was ever a possibility of a new movie reflecting the old mirage comics uh somewhat differently than the original film did just like an R-rated, black and white, ultra-violent yet still funny kind of film. Well, you know, you know, with the Viacom and Paramount as the as the as the owners of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, then you know we don't we don't know for sure. I don't know if that's you know realistically possible, um, but it's something that I would personally love love to see. But um, you know, going back to the um, the 2014 film. What's interesting is um, when I, I came into that project, um, probably two or three years before it, it, it actually became what it became then when it was released, and I was working with the original producers, Scott Mendick and Galen Walker, and our path was um, 
a little bit different than the one that the fans saw in the in the theaters when it finally came out. Um, it, we were looking to more um, go back to the original Turtle film, number one Turtle film, which is my favorite, the Steve Barron, Jim Henson, Todd Langdon written film. Uh, and that was the original positioning and retelling of uh, uh, the, the relaunch, I guess, of the film franchise. And that's where it started um, when Platinum Dunes took over. Um, I mean, my um, direct contact with uh, the, the film and the film process was, was, was with uh, Jonathan Liebsman, who um, from day one when I met Jonathan, uh, his mission was to, to make the best turtle film ever made. You know, his heart was uh, sincere. His, his, his mission was true. And, and sometimes uh, in the quagmire of Hollywood, things don't always work the way you want it to, um, creatively or, or visually. And, and so I think he he had some some issues and some things he would have done differently. I think we all had some things that we would have done differently. I think that um, you know the film had some really some really awesome moments to me. It had some moments that I I think that uh, given some some time and some more thought and opportunity, we would have done differently. But um, the, the thing I ended up with was uh, most pleased about is that it, there was enough of the film that had the same sort of turtle's heart and soul, uh, you know, the, the comedy, the martial arts and things that, that still resonated with fans so that they weren't um, uh, completely unhappy or they were mm -hmm. unhappy about, you know, the look of the turtles and yeah. uh, a number of elements that didn't quite work uh, as a film completely. Um, what I think is interesting, and I've not, I've spent more time on the first film in the, as a troop in the trance in the first film, but the, for the second film, I've spent a lot less time. I've had only a few meetings with the, the folks at Platinum Dunes, but I did get a chance to meet David Green. And um, one of the things I liked about David is that he kind of reminded me of Ciro Neely in, in the sense that uh, he grew up as a fan of the Turtles. Um, he had things that, you know, some of the same things that I wish had been done differently in the first film. He had some of the, the similar feelings in the things in the direction he wanted to take the, the second film into um, were really more in line with um, uh, what we remember and what we love about some of the original series, what he loved about the original series um, and how he wanted to take it back to a, a place that he thought the fans would enjoy more uh, as well as his personal, you know, uh, feelings on what would make a, a, the best possible film. Um, and I think he did a great job. Um, you know, I've, I've seen basically what you've seen uh, on Yahoo or what they've released as, as teasers or trailers. But to me, it seems like, you know, just by bringing in, you know, Bebop and Rocksteady, which is something that, you know, uh, we've all wanted to see uh, on the big screen for a long time, uh, bringing Krang in as an element. Of course, Casey Jones, um, you know, again, with the first film, it was more of a the direction in the in the mission was to be like the origin of the Turtles and April's original relationship with the Turtles, much like we did in the original series. But with this film, it's now expanding into the greater turtle universe by adding, you know, again, Casey and, uh, and Bebop and Rocksteady and Krang and some other surprises. But it's, um, no, I think the fans are going to be uh, really pleased with the direction that the, the project's taken. And I'm, I'm as excited to sit there in a theater and see it as you guys are. So, uh, I've, I've, again, I've seen very little um, uh, over the last year of what's going on with the film. So I'm going to be uh, hopefully pleasantly surprised and enthusiastic about what they're doing. Awesome. But, you know, actually, to do a black and white, you know, Rodriguez, Tarantino, black and white version <laughs> of the Turtles, <laughs> I'll be, you know, I'll be first in line to see that as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, that, would be, that would be fantastic. So I'd like to kind of sh shift gears to the IDW comics because I absolutely love them. I'm hooked on the series. I'm officially caught up. It took a while, but I'm caught up. 
So I, I have to ask you, like, how do you feel? You've been in the trenches since the first volume. Um, how do you feel about how things are going with the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles right now as far as, you know, how do you feel about this current run, you know, and shaking things up with the origin story? Um, and then, the you know, I want to know, was there pandemonium when Donatello died for in that one <laughs> issue? I mean, t t take us through this kind of revival, if you will, if, of the Turtle comics just really just exploding. Well, I always like to start by saying it's like when I, when I grow up, I want to be Tom Waltz. Um, <laughs> You know, when uh, when uh, Scott Dumier and Ted Adams and, and Robbie and the guys from IDW called me many years ago, actually it's going on five years ago, um, when they had acquired the license from uh, uh, Viacom to do the Turtles, Nickelodeon to do the, the Turtles comic, um, I was invited down to see what they were doing and I said, yeah, it would be great if you did some covers and, and got involved in the series and maybe let us know what you think about what we're doing. And when Tom and uh, uh, Bobby Kernow was just assigned as editor for the series and still is and he's just he's as fantastic as Tom. Um, I really fell in love with uh, the concept, you know, everything from the, the, you know, the reincarnation aspect, from some of the tweaks and changes um, that they wanted to do to the origin story. Um, but more importantly, what um, was set out from the beginning was to create, a, a, I guess, an IDW-specific turtle universe, pulling from the multiple turtle universes from the black and white comic books, which is, you know, the attitude, I think, of the IDW series. Um, Pulling from some of um, all of our favorite bits of uh, you know the animated series, some of the movies. Um, our phone's ringing; it never rings. We don't use our home phone, and I don't know why. Um, <laughs> it's <a> turtle com. <laughs> it's turtle com. Uh, it's it's the police. It's the producers from Paramount calling. Um, no, the um. Uh, so the IDW universe to me was uh, unique, original, and whole unto itself. And what I loved that uh, Nickelodeon wanted from the beginning is like they wanted the comic book to be as close to what uh, Peter and I intended with the original black and white uh, um, vision, I guess, if you will. They wanted it to be edgy. They wanted to, to take it to places and be unique and, and unto itself. And, you know, here we are, you know, I guess issue 54 just dropped this week. And the fact that um, not only the out of the box, the, issue, the, the series started selling well, you know, going through all the different, uh, you know, artists that we've worked with through the different storylines from City Fall, you know, the Dark Leo saga, leading up to the, you know, the death of Donatello, if you will, which was, um, you know, just one of those ideas that came out of one of our mind mouths and an idea that Tom had and Bobby had. Um, you know, so we never, you know, would never kill one of our children, but it was... Uh, you know, when you're telling a story, you want those dramatic moments. You want to put the, um, uh, you know, our, our family, if you will, our, our brothers, our sons, are into this, into jeopardy, into concern, and, and it just brings out the love that they have for each other and 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 the whole process into a much stronger place. And the fact that you guys, uh, you know, uh, all you fans have supported, you know, these efforts. I mean, the, the Turtle comic today, I think, for IDW is selling uh, as good or better than it did when it originally came out. You know, five years ago, and again, I blame you guys for that, and and thank you. But um, no, we have um, you know uh, the last mind melt um, that we did. We do you know about twice monthly. We sort of get together and work on the direction of where we'd like to see the story go, and where we'd like to things we'd like to try, elements we'd like to bring in. I mean, we're we're up past issue one hundred uh, with ideas, um, and as long as <laughs> as long as we're doing a good job, and you guys uh, are digging what we're doing, then then we'll get there. But you know what's been especially cool for me as a as a as a creator being involved in it is the mind melts are like um, sessions that you know uh, 
us figuring out stories that we'd like to read, stuff that we'd like to do, stuff that, you know, we don't think about like, hey, if we do this, the fans will react this way. If we do this, the fans will react that way. It's like we really, you know, we're three fans sitting in the room trying to come up with really interesting, fun stories that something we'd like to read as a comic book. And we're kind of taking you guys along for a ride. And the fact that you're, you know, you're digging what we're doing um, uh, makes uh, our jobs all that more uh, rewarding. It's, it's really cool. I, I, awesome. I, I dearly, you know, look, Nothing will replace, you know, the original series with uh, me and Peter. That was, you know, that what we did and, and how we did it, and, and it, as, as it evolved, was fantastic. But the IDW series is a really close second, and um, <laughs> I, I really adore uh, what we're doing over there. Well, you know, you mentioned uh, the early days. I remember I was watching the Turtle Power uh, documentary, and there was one particular scene that really stood out to me because it's. It's you, it's Peter Laird, Jim Lawson was there, and I think a couple other writers that were part of the Mirage Studios at that point. Now, I don't know if you all just lived together under one roof at that point, uh, <laughs> but it, it's just like you could tell you guys were a family. And, and it was, I think it was right around the time either the cartoon had just started or maybe Playmates had taken over the toys. It, you guys were celebrating something. I can't remember off the top of my head. But I'm just thinking, there's a family right there. And I'm sure, you know, that group of just amazing, talented artists and writers, do you have any, like, inside stories, any funny stories just, you know, of you all in your heyday, right in the cusp of turtles blowing up in the, in the 80s? Do you have any, like, interesting stories about the, the early days? Well, you know, I know the moment you're talking about in the film, and it's, it's great. You know, Pete was... Um... Um, you know, he was, he's, Pete's our Donatello, if you will. Um, and I always, whenever I write Donatello, I always think like, what would Pete, Peter Laird do? Um, but he was one of those guys that, um, was the first on the block to get, you know, a Commodore computer or, uh, you know, to get the Casio, um, calculator watch and more importantly, a, a video, <laughs> a video camera. Um, and so he, luckily Pete had, uh, had this fascination with recording this kind of stuff. And, and that moment that, uh, so he was recording that moment and it was like, um, Steve Levine and I, who were roommates, we knew each other from high school, and uh, we had an apartment that we worked out of. It was our home studio. All the guys, you know, Mike Dooney, Ryan Brown, Jim Lawson, you know, Eric Talbot, and and Pete. We, you know, we were a family. We would hang out together. We'd go to the movies together, new comic day together, you know, as well as you know, writing and drawing and come up and coming up with story ideas. And that was a moment. It was after um, the uh, Turtles cartoon premiered on TV, which was between. Uh, Christmas in 1987, it was Christmas holiday break leading into, you know, um, January 1st, uh, New Year's Eve, uh, two th uh, 1988. And that was uh, the cartoon show had just came out and Playmates had just announced that they're going to go ahead and do the toy line. And uh, we were just ecstatic that the, the cartoon had been received well, that the, the toys were coming out. And, uh, you know, we did everything together. It really was a, a great family community. Um, you know, each individual artist had their own creative projects that they were working on, but they all contributed to the, the turtle universe in a way that, you know, uh, is, is, is helped shape the entire turtle universe, especially in the early days, you know, with Jim Lawson and Ryan Brown and Mike Dooney working on tales of the turtles to, uh, you know, just contributing and helping on some deadlines with Pete and I getting through the regular series. But, uh, one of my favorite stories is, uh, at one point we had a studio, uh, that we all shared together. Um, it was a much larger space. Each, but everybody had their own individual desk and that kind of stuff. You know, and we'd come in and it would be, you know, we're all going to work, but we're talking to be creative and visit each other. What's who's working on what on the desk. And then usually around noontime after everybody's been working for two or three hours, 
you know, somebody would pull out like a disc gun or, you know, an early version of a Nerf gun or, you know, one of those pea shooters. <laughs> and it was somebody would start a gunfight and pretty soon everybody's hiding behind the desk and they're shooting, bah, 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 and, you know, it was just, um, so there was a lot of, uh, you know, tomfoolery and, and camaraderie. And, uh, yeah, we, you know, we, again, we did New Comic Day. We saw movies together and we spent, you know, a lot of times on the weekend, you know, who's having a barbecue this weekend? Um, but, you know, the family aspect was, was great. And I love those guys. And, in fact, one of the new books that um, IDW just put out, and I had the the best time ever writing annotations and, and historical memories and, and facts about was we did an uh, Ultimate Collection six, um, which IDW just put out. I think about a month ago. I love those. I love those too. I mean, the hardcover books and all the little you know stories. But that was to me it was the collection of all the short stories, and they were short stories that were either. Pete and I did together or something I did with Jim Lawson or something I did with Ryan Brown or something that Pete did with Ryan or, or Steve. And, and so it was – what I loved about that book was that it was just a real cross-collaboration from so many different people in the studio having so many uh, different hands in, in doing the final product and, and short turtle adventures that uh, you know you, you could get in, you could tell and have a great time without having to do a big you know 40-page story. So that's, that's one of my favorites of the, of the series. So. Uh, yeah, great, great bunch of guys. I, I see some of them occasionally and, and miss them dearly, and and they're all uh, happy that they're doing well uh, out there now. Ah, oh, awesome. Josh, you got a question, man? Yeah, actually, yeah, actually I'm curious. curious. Um, um, Rob and I both collect old eighties, seventies, nineties action figures. Mm-hmm. I was curious yeah. which of those action figures is your favorite and least or do you not have one? Uh, you know, it's 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 one of those. I love them all, but it's like um, I'm sitting up. This is my uh, I'm skyping from my wife's uh, office, Courtney, um, and one of my favorites out of the uh, original action figures was uh, um, the uh, Turtles uh, Star Trek. Oh, nice! I remember those. <laughs> and they were, you can't see them, but it's like the back there. Those are her Walking Dead figures. But on this, on the other wall behind here is all she she. You know, she loves Star Trek as well, so she took all the Star Trek turtles that are over there uh, <laughs> on the side of the wall. Um, but no, I love the um, uh, the different characters. But the you know when they would do something uh, like the the Star Trek ones or the Universal uh, Monsters version of the turtles, those were like because then you're you're starting to tap into um, things that I loved when I was growing up. And uh, and actually, again, you can't see it, but it's over here. Um, my wife. Courtney, she, Courtney collected uh, trolls when she was younger and uh, loved those. And so, oh, remember the turtle? Remember the turtle trolls? Oh yeah. There's oh, both yeah. a small, there's a small one and a large one sitting up on her shelf. <laughs> she loved, she loved the trolls. And that was, you know, it's so funny because that was one of Pete's ideas. It was like um, we were, you know, because every year um, all the guys, you know, uh, Ryan, Steve, and, and, and Dan Berger, and, and uh, Eric, and everybody would contribute toy ideas. But I remember Pete loved the Turtle Trolls, and, and he sort of threw it out there to Playmates um, in one of our development sessions. And he said, what about during Turtle Trolls? And I was like, oh, that's that's silly. That'll never sell. And Playmates got real excited. And it ended up, you know, them th- that ended up being one of the more successful versions of the alternate Turtles that year. And, I, you know, and when you see them, I love them. They're crazy. Well, you know, when the cartoon came out, I mean, did you have any idea – that it would just blow up the way it did. I mean, did you have any idea that it would be almost like an era, you know, of the the late 80s and the early 90s? I mean, for me as a kid, it was my go-to show. I mean, just, and to this day, it still is. But did you have any idea that it would turn into what it's it's become? 
Oh my goodness, no. In fact, I mean, you have to put it in perspective that, you know, when we did the first comic book together, Pete and I were, you know, we were, you know, I like to say we were positive, you know, not thinking negatively, but we were positive that we wouldn't sell a single copy of the, of the first issue of the comic book. Um, and the fact that, that that started working and became, you know, the success that it did. When we worked on the cartoon show, um, you know, we knew a couple things. One, it was like, um, we knew that we were writing uh, the Turtles down to a much younger audience. We knew it was going to be a kid's cartoon, so we changed things. I mean, you know, in fact, I love to always bring up that Pete had the idea to do the different colored bandanas and things like that. Um, but when we did the first five uh, episodes, was that sort of started out was you know a week long um, you know a Christmas holiday break in 1987, uh, a week long series um, with the first five episodes. You know we worked very hard to make them you know not only true to um, the original intent and the spirit and, and and the I guess the heart and soul of of what we'd originally created with the turtles. Again, knowing it was for a younger audience. And we had no idea that if it would resonate with people, like people might look at it and go, oh, my goodness, this is literally the dumbest thing we've ever seen and I'm never <laughs> going to watch it again. Or uh, <laughs> or they'll they'll get a kick out of it and, and want to see more. And, uh, you know, we're, we're beyond thrilled that it was the latter. And um, and I, I think this fact is out there in the Turtle, uh, Turtle universe. But just to bring it up again, um, you know, do you guys know that uh, Chuck Lorre wrote the theme song <laughs> for the no. for the yeah. yeah, yeah, Chuck Lorre, you know, Two and a Half Men, Big Bang Theory and stuff. And what's even cooler is um, my wife and I are big fans of, uh, um, you know, the Two and a Half Men and the Big Bang Theory, of course. Mm. Um, but a friend of ours invited us up to one of the screenings uh, a, a couple months ago, and we actually got to meet Chuck Lorre. And, and it was a real thrill for, for, for me. And he was excited to meet me as well, you know, not putting words in his mouth, but he just said that, you know, he said, yeah, I remember, you know, it was very early in my career and, and, uh, um, you know, Murakami Wolf, Fred Wolf called and said that he's got this new show that he's working on and needs some kind of theme song. And, and Chuck Lorre wrote the original, uh, he wrote a co-wrote the, the original, uh, turtle <laughs> theme song that we know so well, but Chuck was, you know, he was really warm and engaging, and he was very fun. And he, in fact, he said that, you know, out of all the stuff he's done in TV, he said it, um, he became a hero in his daughter's eyes because his daughter could brag about the fact that his dad wrote the the theme song for um, for Ninja Turtles. <laughs> Um, but yeah, that series was a surprise. It was, you know, we were we were pretty thrilled. Like that, you mentioned that um, little gathering where we all got together. I think that was when we heard, you know, the toys were coming out and they were going to do another eight episodes for that fall in nineteen uh, eighty-eight. So everybody was celebrating. And it's like, well, who knows where it's going to go from here? But we got past the first hurdle, and you know, if you <laughs> the fans keep digging it, we'll keep doing more. Um, yeah, going back to the uh, IDW comics, they're recently they're going through a crossover with Batman, the TMNT Batman crossover, I was curious, what other heroes would you like to see the Turtles crossover with? <laughs> well, I have one specifically, and I'll get to it in a second. Um, but the um, back in the early days, you know, when Pete and I would go to shows and do stuff, it's like some of the stuff that we would do would be like, we'd do sketches and it'd be like, a turtle dressed as Batman, a turtle dressed as Captain America would do uh, turtles posing with Captain America or, or Batman or Daredevil or Iron Man and those kinds of things. And, uh, you know, the the fact that, you know, uh, I just uh, – Turtles number three, uh, Batman Turtles crossover number three just dropped this week, which was the the, the cover I did with um, uh, uh, Shredder fighting Batman. Um, 
I never imagined that in my life of all the blessings and all the cool stuff that the turtles have, have brought my way um, uh, that I'd be doing <laughs> I'd be doing that that cover. Um, you know, you have to. I mean, I'm just a, a huge fan of all things comics. So the fact that I'm literally drawing Shredder and Batman on the same cover, it, it was just uh, it brought out every 12, 13 year old. Uh, you know, dreaming Kevinism in the world, and, and it's been a real treat. And from uh, the beginning, the the story that was written, uh, you know, Freddie Williams' artwork, um, everything in that series, it was uh, I was so thrilled and so happy and so proud. And I hope that it, it would resonate. I hope the fans would would like it because it was everything. Everything was in there. All our favorite Batman characters, all the Turtle characters. But it's either it was one of those things that like. Um, Actually, I kind of look at like Turtles Forever when that came out mm-hmm. as, as a cartoonist. Yeah. I, I said that's a genius idea. That's either going to the fans are going to totally love it, or they're going to totally hate it. And with the Turtles Batman, I was thinking they're either going to totally love this or totally hate it. Um, but the reaction has been awesome, and uh, hopefully that'll lead to other uh, crossovers. Because you know, we before Batman, we did the Turtles Ghostbusters crossover, which to yeah. me was was awesome. You know, growing up as a huge fan of Ghostbusters, that was that was a thrill. Um, but my my next big pitch um, uh, to uh, to IDW and DC is that I want to do a Turtles uh, Commandy crossover. <laughs> you, you know, Commandy was like you know when I was you know when I was nine, ten, twelve years old um, reading comics. Commandy, Jack Kirby in general was my hero. Commandy, Jack Kirby's Commandy was uh, uh, absolutely my favorite all time uh, comic book uh, ever. And uh, um, you know, I think, you know, just the, the, you think about the mutation aspect of animals becoming human-like characters, um, you know, that combined with all things comics with, you know, mutations and all that stuff. I think that, uh, Jack Kirby's command, he definitely had a direct hand in the creation of the turtles, but it's, you think about it, it's a perfect opportunity. I mean, the tur- if the turtles went into, um, and I have an idea how to do it and how to make it as a story, I have a full proposal, but if you, if the turtles went into Commandy's universe, it's like, You'd almost think like they would be the the happiest place for them in a way because they're in a world where they're animals and in, in, in a universe ruled by animals. So, I, I think it's a dynamic opportunity and a great uh, place to story, a great place to tell some a uh, really interesting story. Turtles Daredevil would be awesome, but I don't think it'll ever happen. <laughs> but yeah, my next uh, my next target is Turtles Commandy. Oh, awesome! That would be my dream. Well, you've got my money, so oh, yeah. yeah, take my money. uh well um let's see oh there's so many other questions i could ask but uh i'll get to the main ones here uh the the last one i uh, wanted to ask you do you think the ninja turtles will will kind of transcend time you know long long after we're gone you know kind of like batman has just generations and generations it's moved forward do you think the turtles could do the same thing Man, you know it's it's a that's a great question. That's a tough question. You know, you wonder that you know when um, you know Joe Simon and Jack Kirby created you know Captain America or, or the characters that uh, Jack Kirby and, and Stan Lee created together, Steve Ditko and Stan Lee on Spider Man to Bob Kane's Batman, uh, Siegel and Schuster with Superman. It's really, you know, I think when they created those characters, um, they never thought it would go as far they could never imagine it would go as far as it has um the fact that you know when we did um courtney and i did a 2014 tour we did 25 shows that year for the turtles 30th anniversary the thing that i always started my slideshow and my panel uh and and stuff was that you know i i literally can't believe that it's been 30 years and i'm up here in front of um a crowd of people and and all too often a large crowd of people talking about turtles 30 years later and, and you can't imagine how how awesome and humbling and and how um, um 
proud I am to to have been part of it and still being part of it. You know, I always feel like um, uh, you know, a question like that is like, well, it really is um, up to you guys whether it's you know existing fans, current fans, or even you know one of the things that is most flattering to me is some of the younger fans that we meet at uh, shows we do now is that. I mean, you can't tell, you know, uh, a five, six, seven, or eight-year-old child uh, uh, what's cool and what's not cool. They're going <laughs> to decide on their own. Um, the fact that, you know, I've got um, six, seven, eight-year-old kids coming up in turtle costumes at comic shows, and they found something they love in the turtles all these years later, to me is like, holy smokes, I can't <laughs> believe it's gone generational. So, you know, what the future is and how long it'll last, it's it's... It's hard to say, but the fans that come to shows now uh, um, with their families sometimes dressed as turtles, uh, their, their children dressed as turtles, are some of the original fans we had from the from the original comic series and the original animated series. And they're still filled with you know great memories and, and inspirations that the turtles brought then. And now their kids are doing that. So, my goodness, who knows? But, uh, <laughs> you know, you guys are absolutely awesome that it's, um, you know, you know, people ask me a lot. They go like, you know, you still out there? You're doing comic shows and you're doing that kind of stuff, and it's a lot of work and it's a lot of traveling. Um, and isn't that hard? And and I'm like, no, it, it absolutely is not. I, you know, the the doing these shows and the energy I get from the fans and the excitement and and the, um, it really it just gets me excited about you know um, my late nights and early mornings working on stories, working on stuff, doing stuff that I'm proud of because you guys are you know uh, are. are are excited to see it and, and it just gives it's inspiring so oh. uh, it's pretty cool well I'll tell you I'm going to answer my own question yes turtles will transcend time <laughs> <laughs> uh, they will because I mean one thing is the Ninja Turtles they have universal attributes I mean you know I can relate to every all four of them I can relate to Splinter in some ways too you know I, I there, there's so many different things just about the characters um, they're they're memorable they're iconic and just the fact that the teen, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles are in, in my opinion even bigger now than they were when I was a kid. I mean, it's just, it blows my mind that 30 years have gone by, and this this sketch that you guys made in the early 80s and what it has become, I mean, what a tremendous snowball effect. It, I mean, it's just blown up. One thing I, I want to stress to you, if I just can squeeze this out real quick, is um, just, just to let you know that uh, the Turtles, and Josh, I mean, I'm sure you have a similar story. For me, the Turtles were my childhood. Aside from my faith in my family, the turtles are my passion. I love the Ninja Turtles, and that's why we did this, you know, silly little podcast. It's just, it's, it's so much more than just a comic franchise. It's so much more than just a cartoon. You know, when I was, um, when I was a kid, it was like the the stability in, in my life. You know, my, uh, you know, my my folks they they ended up uh, getting a divorce in the early '90s, and the turtles were still my cartoon. You know, I every day after school, I turn on the turtles, and they were there. You know, and Eventually, later on, um, the Turtles kind of, in a way, had a snowball effect in my own personal life because the Turtles got me into comics. You know, comics got me into reading and writing, and writing got me into English, and now I'm an English teacher. So, you know, it's it's cool that you know, so many friendships just from this podcast that I've formed, that I've gotten a chance to talk to Jim Lawson, um, uh, Pat Fraley, the voice actor, Townsend Coleman, just several authors, yourself. Wow. What a cool thing! And I just, I just can't thank you enough for doing this. And I know you're, you're a very humble man. I can tell that. But <laughs> you, you just, you know, you don't realize. Uh, I'm sure you do actually. But uh, it's just the turtles. 
are just an incredible influence on my life. And I just can't thank you enough for having the courage to pursue that vision because it has just been a, such a positive influence in my life. No, well, you know, first and, and foremost, you know, thank you because, you know, what, what's what you have to keep in mind is, um, you know, the way that I grew up, I grew up in a very small town in Maine and, uh, you know, comic books were my life and, and uh, um, that was, you know, from a very young age, it was my passion and I remember like telling my parents I want to be a, uh, I want to be Jack Kirby when I grow up, I want to <laughs> uh, do comic stories and they were like, you know, they'd have this kind of horrified look on their face like oh my goodness he's never going to move out of the basement <laughs> um, you know he doesn't live in the real world he's a dreamer um, but you know um, all of the things that I always say that I stand on the shoulders of giants whether it be you know um, Jack Kirby you know Steve Ditko you know Stan Lee so many people that inspired me to draw um, and some of the kind of stuff that you're saying to me I've had the opportunity to say that to them because it's it's mm. it's important so I know personally how much it it means how much it meant to me and when you say something like that to me um most of the time i don't know how to take it because it's so flattering and i'm so uh <laughs> honored that you're saying that because i know it's very serious i mean my whole life was was shaped and formed and uh all the blessings that i've had uh in my personal life and my faith and and and, the, and the, my career has been because you know guys like jack kirby inspired me so when you say something to me it's like it's i take it very seriously i take it as such a a, a huge compliment I, I i sincerely can't you know thank you enough it, it means a lot and and what is amazing when i see you know when we go to shows and we do stuff and this you know you mentioned family before you mentioned community and what I love about um, you know going to signings and comic conventions and things to me it's like um, it's my Disney World it's our Disney World it is the happiest place on earth most people that go to comic cons and comic shows are just thrilled because they're amongst friends and like-minded people and they're amongst you know something that they've they've, they've loved their entire life and they're very passionate about so um, it's just a very happy loving awesome place that we all get to um, uh, to, to, to live and work in so uh, yeah, this is, you know, um, comics, creativity, inspirations. It's given us a, a great world, and it's made nicer people out of all of us, myself included. And uh, um, so it's, it's – thank you. It's, 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 it's really cool. It's really cool. And I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm right there with you because it's like I wouldn't have such a cool job and, and be able to do the things that I do without fans like yourself and the fans watching the podcast and, and stuff. So, you know, just – you asking me to be on the show is like, you know, of course, yes, I'm happy to be here because it's, it's a, it's a fun and great place to be. I appreciate, you know, um, all that you do. And, and, um, yeah, this is, this is cool. Oh, absolutely. Man. Good work. I, <laughs> I really appreciate everything you and Peter Laird and everyone else at Mirage did, uh, because watching the Ninja Tur I'm going to sound like Rob for a minute here, but just watching the Ninja Turtles just, made me want to be a creative person. I got really interested in drawing and writing, and I, that's something that uh, I continue with to this day, and it's gotten even stronger over the last couple of years because my interest in turtles kind of uh, went away when I went to college and started working, And but then it came back, and it just, just I got hit by the bug, and I just started uh, just kind of like being my old self again, just drawing and writing all over again purely because I just fell in love with this franchise all over again. And so just thank you very much. 
Well, you know, it's like that's what's great. You know, it's like I'm, I'm, you know, it's a happy place for you, and and, and it's a happy, you know, and, and and I'm the same. It's like when I'm, you know, writing and drawing uh, turtles or you know other things that I'm working on, being creative. That's my happiest place on earth. You know, it's like I love my wife, I love my son, our son. I love you know all these things, but it's like the thing that takes me back to you know a, a nine-year-old boy, <laughs> a ten-year-old boy is drawing comic books because the you know it's it's that you know the goosebumps and the and the uh, um, uh, excitement and the energy and the, and the passion you know it just all comes flooding back and that's that's why we we love it that's why we like this space it's a very happy comforting space uh, amongst you know all the other blessings we have in our life you know health and uh, love and life and all that stuff so but no I, I appreciate all the things you guys are saying and you know and I think that and that is you know the kinds of stuff that you guys are saying which is um, so cool is that you know I when we do shows we hear that a lot and it's and people you know they'll come up and they go like oh you you must get so tired of hearing this but the turtles were my life and you inspired me in this and I'm like dude why would I get sick of hearing that it's like you, know, you just you know look at you 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 know you, you turn out great you got a family around you or you don't and you're and you're still the happy you know it's like you're just you're in a great space and it means a lot. So yeah, don't, I, I appreciate it. Well, Kevin, usually to close out every show, we have a slice of pizza. So, uh, what kind of pizza would you like to have to close out the show today? You know, my favorite is, um, and you're going to laugh, uh, well, maybe not. I mean, considering all the crazy pizzas that the turtles had in the early <laughs> days, but, uh, uh, my wife, uh, her dad, Greg loves, um, and it turns out it, it ended up being our family favorite pizza. It's basically Hawaiian pizza, um, so it's Hawaiian, you know, ham and pineapple. Oh yeah, and we put and we put jalapenos on it. Oh, so it's like you know, Hawaiian <laughs> pizza with with jalapenos, and it, it it is the best. It's like sweet and sour and spicy, and uh, so and uh, yeah, that's that's my favorite pizza. Well, Kevin, thank you so much for coming on, man. Hey, it is it has been a dream come true. I can scratch this off the bucket list, man. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, you back sometime. We'll, 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 we'll come back together and we'll talk some more about some. Let's, let's talk again around when the movie comes out. Hey, that sounds great. Absolutely. Yes. Uh, we, we could talk about that, talk about more IDW stuff. You know, hopefully this can be an ongoing thing. It is a pleasure to have you. It's an honor to have you on the show. Uh, just keep up the great work with everything you're doing. I mean, I'm just a huge fan, always have been, and uh, always will be. So thank you, Kevin. It's been a blast. My pleasure, guys. Really, uh, really appreciate it. Enjoy the rest of your Sunday, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. All right. Thank you, Kevin. Same to you. Calabunga, <laughs> dude. Hey, Josh, you still there, buddy? Oh, yeah, I'm here. Can you hear me? I can. What an experience, man. God, and I just had to, like, just stumble all the way into get it. Get out so of here. Sorry. No, I Lord, no. I not get anything to work. Oh, no, I no. I'm just get I felt horrible for you. I was like, oh, no. Now it's Mike. I mean, he's here. You're, you're here. You make it. And then uh, your sound's not working. I was like, oh, this poor guy. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to feel bad if I, I just have to read his questions. It's one thing after another lately. Yeah, it's been it's been a heck of a week. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, so dude, I mean, I, I don't know if I'm going to record this or not, but, like, what did you think? I mean, you got to talk to Kevin Eastman. We both got to talk to Kevin Eastman for the first time. We got time. to talk to Kevin Eastman. We got to talk yeah, to I mean, the just... co-creator of the Ninja Turtles. I'm I'm good, man. I don't have to do anything <laughs> else anymore. Just, We're good. I'm done writing, done podcasting, yep. done playing video games. I'm yep. done. I, I'm, I'm good. I quit. You know, I'm, I'm throwing the mic down while I'm on top. <laughs> Rest